from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, welcome, 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 one and all. It is 5 o'clock Eastern Time, or it's 5 o'clock somewhere, and that somewhere is here right now. Thank you very much for joining in for Live from America here uh, from the Live Free or Die state of New Hampshire. I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host, Jeremy Harrell, a.k.a. the Hip Hop Patriot and the reason they call me that is because I was uh, the one who wrote the song, Build the Wall, Build the Wall, 10 feet, 20 feet, 100 feet tall. And I wrote songs like, it's the rebirth of America. It's been a long time coming and you all see, you know, there's tons of it. Drain the swamp, drain the swamp, lock them up. So check them out. Any streaming site, any download site, any music site. Pandora, YouTube, anywhere. Check out all of those wonderful songs. Thank you guys very much. I'm so excited. I got a great guest for you tonight. We got uh, Maggie Vandenberg, also known as Fog City Midge, uh, joining in tonight. And she is a regular on Stephen K. Bannon's War Room. We're going to be talking about the fence and uh, how her documentary and her videos actually put pressure on them to start taking those fences down. Ladies and gentlemen, get rid of them. If fences and walls work so well, then why don't we move? How about this? How about we take all of those uh, those fences and all that fencing, three miles of it that are wrapped around the Capitol building. And let's not just get rid of them. Let's just ship them down to the southern border and help out down there. Sounds good to me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'd like to give some live shout outs to those who are watching on the website and on YouTube right now. And for those who are listening uh, on the podcast, thank you guys very much. And for those who watch later, just pretend like you're watching it live. Just like, comment, and share like you're watching it live. Remember, sharing is caring, and that is how we get out the Christian conservative view. Without you guys doing that, we are kind of stagnant, and you guys are action item audience, so I have no, uh, I have no, um, no thoughts in my mind that you won't uh, share the video out. So thank you very much. Let's give some shout-outs here. Rosario Barbera, uh, Cindy, Gre- Cindy Gregg from Tennessee, Regina Johnson from Oklahoma, Douglas Cowgill, how you doing? He says, no one can stop the magnificent hip. You should have said no one can stop the magnificent hip hop. Then we could have made a song out of that one. Amanda Collins, how you doing? Give me some more good news. We got some good news for you. Uh, Some of the fences coming down, so that's good news. Tina Hughes from Tennessee. Ashley uh, Benke uh, from Wisconsin. Linda Nadler from New Athens, Illinois. Well, we don't have very good news coming out of Illinois, but we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Mary Miller, how you doing? Give me those American flags and those red hearts. Madeline Dyer says, hello all. Joyce York, how are you? Thank you for joining in, Joyce. I'm well. I hope you're well too. Judy Heinold from Green Bay, Virginia. We got Justine Stimmel watching. Great to see you. She says, good to see you two times in one day. Well, I feel the same way. Kim Romanski, how are you? Karen Burnett from Michigan. We got Teresa Shelley says, are you going to do any concerts this summer? Yes, I am. Matter of fact, I was just invited down to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania to do uh, a concert and hopefully me and Dave Bray will be there together and we will do Rebirth of America together. Uh, We'll give a couple more shout outs here before we get going and this time this is the time that you guys uh, should be copying the link and sharing the video. That way uh, you're not, you know, doing anything while we start the news. Diane Storino says, fences started coming down late Sunday and yesterday too. That's right. Kevin Wilson from Michigan. And one more. Let's give it to... How about Terry Armstrong? He says, good evening. Love your show. Terry from Pennsylvania. Uh, Thank you for joining in, Terry. I appreciate you and your viewership. Thank you. God bless you. Um, We're going to get right to it, folks. Because we got a guest today, and uh, we're probably going to be in an interview for quite a while at the end of the show, and uh, I want to make sure that we have enough time to get everything in. But there's always time for God. There's always time for the capital G-O-D and Jesus himself, and we're going to give our time, our honor, our love, our attention right now in our worship 
to God in heaven. Because without him, we're not here. Without him, we're not saved. Without Jesus, we're not saved. And without God, we don't have a positive outlook on this very evil world that we live in today. Uh, here we go. March 23rd, year of our Lord, 2021, says this. And I love this. I love this. I read it earlier and I was like, oh, I can't wait to read this. It says, think big when you pray. Think bigly <laughs> when you pray. But remember that I always think bigger. I look at the big picture, all the moments of your life, and I am doing more than you can ever imagine. You can talk with me about anything because I understand you perfectly. And think about, think about this, okay? I try to convince my son that there's nothing that he can think about that I haven't already thought about. There's, my son is like a carbon copy of me. He's like my mini-me. Okay. Now, if you guys have followed me on Telegram, you saw I posted a video the other day of me and my oldest daughter singing Rescue Story from, uh, from Zach Williams, right? And you guys said, oh, your daughter is your mini-me. Uh, Steph Zeigeldorf says, shout out, please. There you go, Steph. You guys said, oh, your daughter is your mini-me. Well, my son is even more of a mini-me. And I try to tell him all the time, bro, there's nothing that you aren't thinking that I haven't thought of. There's no way that you're thinking that I haven't thought of in my life as well. You're just me, just a smaller guy. Well, the same thing here. God says, there's nothing about you that I don't know. Talk with me. Bring anything you want to me because I know you perfectly. Okay? And he says, when you come to me, come big. Go big or go home. You ain't speaking with the devil here. You ain't speaking with your boss at your job. You ain't speaking with somebody that, want, that you want to get uh, uh, somebody to give you a promotion. You're speaking with the G-O-D. The head man in charge. So when you come to me, come big. And I love that. I love that. Remember I tell you, God's always answering prayers. That references Ephesians 3.20, which says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power, that is at work within us. And it's also referencing Psalm 5.3, or if Joe Biden needs to understand it, Palmas. Palmas 5.3, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. The waiting is the best part. You know that song, the waiting is the hardest part? That's not true. The waiting is the best part. Your trials and tribulations are your best times. That's when you grow the most. That's when you find out who you are the most. That's when you find out what you're capable of with God's energy, God's power, God's wisdom, God's courage. Them. Those times, ladies and gentlemen, those are the greatest times. I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All glory to God, right? Um, and before you turn out the light tonight, collaborate with me regarding your dreams and your desires. You never have to handle things alone. Man, oh, every time I read the word, I don't care if it's morning, afternoon, or evening. Every time I read the word, it puts a smile on my face, and I feel better. And I just got a message on Telegram a little while before coming on to the show uh, where a lady, I won't say her name because I don't know if she wants me to say her name, uh, but she came on and she said she doesn't know how to read the Bible. She doesn't know where to start. She doesn't know what book to start with. She has no idea how to read the Bible. And my advice to her was, start at the beginning. Start at the beginning and work yourself through it. You can even come up with plans. There's even apps that like help guide you through the Bible. But here is, here is my uh, perfect summary of the Bible. Okay, The Old Testament tells us of God's promise to defeat death and evil. The New Testament tells us how he did it. That's the best summary. That's the quickest and the best summary that I can give. The Old Testament tells us how he's going to how he promises to defeat death and evil and the New Testament tells us how he did it and the best way to read the Bible is start at the beginning and work your way through. It might seem like a daunting task, but it's an amazing journey and it's in a journey that you will then walk with Jesus. So, 
That's uh, that's my best advice that I can give you. If you have not done it yet, jump out of the chat real quick, and you see that little thumbs up button down there? Click that little thumbs up button, and let's get busy right here on Live from America, first and foremost section of the day. Wait a minute. What are you doing, Jeremy? You forgot the Lord's Prayer. Come on, man. Don't forget the Lord's Prayer. If you can, say it loud so God can hear it. If you can't say it loud, then say it internally with me so that your soul and your Holy Spirit can hear it. Ready? Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to start giving out a Bible every Friday before we close out the show. So I cannot wait to give out the Bible this week. And hopefully the two uh, ladies that I sent a Bible to uh, already, hopefully they already got them. If they haven't, uh, then they're on their way. Um, so yes, and somebody also said version is a great app and, and, and you're 100% right. Some of the verses that I send out in the morning are from version. Karen says, I received my beautiful Bible today. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, that's great, Karen. Remember, read the back because you can. there's an app that you can get and it helps you go through the Bible. God bless. Man, praise God that you got that Bible. I'm so happy about that. That deserves some shares, folks. Share the video. All right, we're going to get into it. First and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, Bibi Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu, prime minister of our brother or our sister, however you want to look at it, uh, across the pond, Israel. America will always stand with Israel, and that is why we are a blessed nation as Israel is also a blessed nation. Bibi Netanyahu, the polls closed today in their, what, fifth election in three years? <laughs> Something like that. And it looks like, from exit polling, that Bibi Netanyahu, and they don't have mail-in ballots there, so you don't got to worry about that, will, uh, will win again and have enough votes, have enough seats to... to um, to reform everything and, and, and literally form a complete right-wing government. So, yes, there are people out there who do not like Bibi Netanyahu. There are Christians out there that say that they don't like him. But the alternative to running Israel is very, very bad. And i got to be honest with you, I like Bibi. I, he said some things before in the past that I don't like. I get it. We all have. Even I've said things that you don't like. But all in all, I like Bibi. He is a uh, he is the Donald Trump of Israel. I love the guy, and I can't wait uh, to see more come uh, from Bibi Netanyahu in the near future. So, uh, big shout out to him, and 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 hopefully. Steven says he wants tracking bracelets. I've not heard that. I've not heard that. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying that he didn't say it. But I have not heard that. And again, the alternative is a lot worse. The alternative would probably get Israel destroyed for good or completely taken over. So uh, somebody says you keep freezing. Well, hopefully we can we can fix that here. Should be good. Let me just wait here for a second. Let me slurp my coffee. Mmm, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Ah, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we got about 2,000 people watching the show, and somebody said the volume is really low. I don't think the volume's low. Sounds real good to me. Um, so he is making vaccines mandatory. Again, I haven't, uh, I haven't heard that either. I get what uh, the, the alternative is what I'm talking about. The alternative is 10 times worse for the people of Israel. So... All right, moving on. I want to tell you that I spoke with Senator Doug Mastriano's office today. We are setting up an interview with him for the month of May. I tried to get him in April, but April seems to be a very bad month for for uh, for Senator Doug Mastriano. So we're going to try to get him in May. I spoke with his office today, and I also told them that by that time, if he wants to come on in May, we will already be on Roku, Fire Stick, and many other places, and I will talk about that in a little bit, but again, I told you guys earlier that these interviews that I'm working on having people come on, it's not as easy as say, hey, you want to come on to some people? You got to 
you got to work and you got to, you know, schedule and then things come up and then they, you know, they cancel it and come back and, you know, it is what it is. But we're going to get Senator Doug Mastriano on the uh, on the show as we've been trying to for a couple months now. And it looks like May is going to be the month to bring him on. So I'm very, very excited about that. All righty then, ladies and gentlemen, the shooter in Colorado has finally... Finally, it's been put out because they didn't want to put it out. They wanted it to be an old, fat, hairy, white guy with no shirt on carrying a Confederate flag while he was holding two AR-15s that they call assault rifles. That's what they wanted it to be, okay? That is what the media rushed to judgment and thought that it was. However, that is not true, ladies and gentlemen. He might have looked like he was a Caucasian man from far away. Well, and maybe he was. Because skin tone has nothing to do with anything. However, his name was Ahmed Alisa. He was 21 years old. And boy, did they rush quick. Ladies and gentlemen, did they rush fast to scrub his social media. But not fast enough. Somebody said the volume is too low. The volume is way up. I could turn it up a little bit more. But the volume is way up, guys. It's, it's where it is every day. We'll turn it up right there, and hopefully that makes a difference. Um, but uh, they moved fast. The left moved really fast to scrub his social media. But in this day and age, it's not fast enough. Now, apparently, he moved here as a child from Syria. So here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. I told you earlier, we didn't have this kind of stuff under President Trump. And it isn't because criminals obeyed orders. Okay? I, ha- I, I am of the opinion... Okay, and that might be wrong. I'm of the opinion that all of this is tied. Isn't it funny that it happens, you know, what happened in uh, uh, Atlanta a couple weeks ago and what just happened now? Isn't it funny that it's all happening right around the same time that they have like three or four gun bills in, in Congress voting on them? Isn't that weird? Doesn't that seem a little I- ironic to you that the that the only time we see these mass shootings and these mass, uh, uh, you know, Criminal activities is when it's under democratic rule and when they're already trying to cram through gun bills. Hmm. Well, I'm going to show you something real quick because this is when I said to you that it's not fast enough, uh, that we the people are a lot faster at capturing things before you can delete them. Let me just show you a little bit of Mr. Ahmed Al-Issa's social media. Now, also, also, ladies and gentlemen, he hated Trump. He, apparently he hated Trump and he hated homosexuals, okay? So you would think that the left would be like, oh, he hated Trump. Oh, 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 you know, blah, blah. They come up with something, right? Let me tell you what they ended up coming up with. But first, let's look at some of the social media first. Okay, here's one. The Muslims at the Christ Church Mosque were not the victims of a single shooter, he says. I, and I know you can't read it all because of my uh, my... My bar's at the bottom, but I'll read, I'll read it all for you. He then goes on to say, they were the victims of the entire Islamophobia industry that vilified them. He says, we may come from many different backgrounds, but we form one nation, humankind, Christ Church Massacre. I agree with him on one front there. We do um, all come from different backgrounds, uh, but we're one nation, 100%. But let me just tell you, they weren't victims of the entire Islamophobia industry that vilified them. They were victims of one disgusting, crazy person with a gun. Period. Period. Let's move on. Let's talk about some more. Okay? Isn't it weird, he says, people who are always smiling and acting like they're having fun are some of the most depressed people on earth? And then people like me who don't bull crap anything, uh, as in don't fake smile or just act normal, are some of the happiest. Still happy. Stop acting like a fag, he says. Don't take anyone's you-know-what. Hmm. Hmm. Well, okay. Doesn't sound like you were a very happy guy. Sounds like you were very upset about some things uh, based on what you did. Let's move on further. Here's one. Just curious, what are the laws about phone privacy? Because I believe my old school, A. West, was hacking my phone. Anyone know if I can do anything through the law? Somebody says, what makes you think that? And he wrote at the bottom, which I know you can't see here, I believe part race, part of it is racism for sure, but I also believe someone spread rumors on me which are false, and maybe that set it off, he says. 
Then he says, so Mary wears, I don't know what that means. So Mary wears a, oh, so Mary wears a hijab and Jesus doesn't eat pork and prays on his knees and hands. They're there, spelled that wrong. They're both Muslims. It's obvious, he says. So you're going to see screenshots more and more uh, come out over the coming days uh, from this guy. Because again, you're not fast enough. You're not fast enough to scrub social media. They tried to scrub as much as they could. They got rid of it. Now, why? What's the reason? What's the reason you're scrubbing and getting rid of his social media? You don't want us to see anything? He sounds like a sick liberal. Aren't they all? <laughs> sounds like a sick liberal swamp donkey. Yeehaw! But I digress, ladies and gentlemen. The problem here um, is not guns. The problem here is not uh, Islamophobia. Okay, if this isn't two thousand. This isn't two thousand one. All right, the, the towers didn't just go down. We've come a long way since then. This is one crazy liberal nut job with a gun who decided he wanted attention. That's what this is. That's what it always is. But I think there's a little bit more to it. I think the left pushes these people and uses this as an agenda. Don't you? That's just my. That is my opinion. But wouldn't you know it, ladies and gentlemen, they rush right to... The, the liberals can't find a camera fast enough. They can't find a camera fast enough to start pushing uh, gun control. And now Biden has come out, resident corn pop himself, has come out fully masked up so nobody can understand him, and he's now calling for gun control. Okay, He's calling for gun control, and he's urging Congress to pass uh, gun control measures basically banning what they call assault rifles, okay? Now, Obama has come out today and made two statements, and Obama said that the reason this guy did this, apparently he knows him, apparently, well, they do, they probably are brothers, but uh, apparently he knows him, and he came out today, and he said that the reason that this guy did this stuff was because, are you ready for this? This is going to blow your mind. Because of a life filled of, with racism, that's the first one. Racism called it, caused this. Racism caused this, and the gun violence in this world, he says, is a bigger pandemic than the CCPV. Gun violence is a bigger pandemic than the CCPV, okay? And racism is what called this, caused this. And not only racism, not only racism, but a lifetime full of neglect, which caused him to be antisocial. So people that knew him said he was very antisocial. So Obama says, well, that be that, that's because of neglect. And then people said that he did this out of anger or whatever. And Obama said, well, that's because of racism. Oh, of course it is. Uh, me and Michelle, uh, we believe that this was a form of racism. Uh, he wouldn't have done this if, 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 if the world wasn't racist towards him. Okay? And uh, I continue to believe... Uh, that if he wasn't neglected as a child, uh, he wouldn't be antisocial. And he wouldn't have anger problems. How about just blame him, Barack Hussein Obama? How about just blame the guy with the gun that killed the people? Can we just do that? Can we just blame the guy with the gun and not the gun? If somebody cuts his hand off with a sawzall or a skill saw... We're not going to blame the Sawzall and ban them. We're not going to be out on the front lines with picket signs screaming for craftsmen and, 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 and Makita to be banned. We're not going to blame Milwaukee or DeWalt because some guy cut his finger off with a, with a skill saw, dummies. What is going on here, you guys? What is going on? Mm. Blame the skill saw. Blame the Sawzall. Blame Craftsman. Blame, blame DeWalt. <laughs> ah, nope. I'm going to blame 21-year-old, clearly unstable, liberal, left-wing, homophobe, Ahmed Al-Issa. That's who I'm going to blame, ladies and gentlemen. I think he had some more down here. Oh, yeah. Here's some more. Let me, uh, let me show you some more screenshots of his. And it says here, let's see. He says, oh, people, listen to me in earnest worship. Allah, say your five daily prayers, fast during the month of Ramadan, and give your wealth in zakat. Perform hajj if you can afford to. 
the last sermon of the prophet Muhammad. You know, the one who says it's okay to sleep with and marry nine-year-olds. Yeah, that guy. He says, yeah, if these racist Islamophobic people would stop hacking my phone and let me have a normal life, I probably could. He then posts an Xbox symbol with rainbow flag in it. So apparently Xbox must have put out a, uh, a, a rainbow flag logo of theirs at some point honoring homosexuals or something. And he wrote on the top, Fagbox loses, PS4 wins. And apparently this is him when he was a child. You know, wasn't his fault. Nothing is ever their fault. It was the gun's fault, it was racism's fault, and it was neglect's fault. Never the person who did something wrong though, right? Mm-mm-mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to move on to today's first Dumb Dumb Award. And you know what? I was born in the state of Illinois, okay? I despise the state of Illinois. I can say that because I was born there. For all you out there who are watching from Illinois, I don't despise you. I just despise the state of Illinois. Like, very badly, okay? And I always knew that Illinois does dumb things, especially Chicago. Chicago should be its own state. Leave the rest of Illinois alone. Chicago and the suburbs, that's the problems. That's the problem. Aurora, Evans, all those, you know, Aurora and, and Evanston and, and uh, um, Joliet, all those suburbs outside of Chicago, they should all just be their own state and leave the rest of Illinois alone because those are good people, all right? But in Illinois fashion, ladies and gentlemen... They're going to get the Dum Dum Award of the day today, and I will show you why. Because Illinois, Evanston, Illinois, is becomes the first U.S. city to pay reparations to black residents. If this is not an insult, if this was me, I would, I would take this as an insult. I would. Okay? But Evanston, Illinois, City Council on Monday approved funding for reparations to be given to the city's black residents over discrimination against their ancestors. The plan was approved 8 to 1 and will distribute $400,000 to eligible black residents. Okay, how do you qualify? Well, don't worry, they'll tell you right here. Um... Oh, man. The plan was approved 8 to 1, like I said. In order to qualify, residents must provide proof that they have an ancestor who lived in Evanston between the years 1919 and 1969, who has who was discriminated against because of city ordinances, policies, or practices. Qualifying households will receive up to $25,000 to be put toward home repairs or property down payments. The Evanston program was first proposed by Alderman Rue Simmons, the architect of the Evanston Local Reparations Restorative House Housing Program and program budget. Simmons noted that the city is prepared for any legal challenges that might transpire. All right, well... <laughs> <laughs> then you say to yourself, well, where does the money come from? Where does the $400,000 come from? And how are we, they, because we're supposed to track down our parents and our grandparents who are probably passed away and find out if they lived in Evanston, Indiana between the years of 1919 and 1969. Can we say living in the past Okay, most people don't even know what was going on then. Most people don't know if they had ancestors that lived there back then. But now they're going to you're going to have a plethora of people trying to fraud the system that they had ancestors that lived there. They're going to try to make stories up that were worse than stories probably were. There's going to be a bunch of people that you can't verify. And in the end, Evanston, Indiana is going to end up paying more than that $400,000 because give somebody an inch and they'll take a mile. I don't care if you're white, black, green, blue, or purple, or if you're from Earth, Jupiter, Mars, or, or, or Mercury. You give somebody an inch, they will take a mile. You know where they're getting the money from? Well, at first I thought it was just going to be taxpayer money. And it kind of is going to be taxpayer money, but it isn't just going to come from your taxes as if you were, you know, paying the city taxes. It's actually coming from marijuana sales. So, let's legalize pot, get everybody stoned, all right? Get everybody buying uh, dope from the city, and then take that money and then give it back to people who had ancestors that lived there at that time that felt oppressed, so we're going to give them a home. If that doesn't 
take out all of the incentive to work hard, to create your own life, create your own way, okay? What about me? I grew up in a trailer park, all right? I grew up in a trailer park picking up cans on the side of the road. Do I get money? Do I get money? Look, there, it, it, it isn't about oppression because of a color of a skin. Poor people are oppressed against constantly. It's up to you to get out of that life. If you grew up poor, if you grew up picking cans on the side of the street, again, I don't care what color you are, it is up to you to get out of that slump. And guess what? That's the American dream. That is what makes this country so great, that you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and boom. I tell you. I tell you. All right, White House confirms, ladies and gentlemen, that Barack Hussein Obama is actually speaking with Joe Biden on a regular basis, consulting with him, ladies and gentlemen, consulting with Biden, basically telling him what to do on a range of issues. The White House has finally come out and admitted that. Think about that. This is Obama's third term. He's just telling Joe what to do. Right before Joe took the reins of power, he actually said out of his own Barack Hussein Obama mouth, he actually said that he would love a world where he could sit in his sweatpants and uh, and basically give orders to the White House. And that's exactly what he's doing. So the White House has confirmed that Barack Hussein Obama is consulting on a regular basis with resident corn pop himself. Letting him, So now we know who the puppet master is. We always thought we knew who the puppet master is, but now we know who the puppet master is. George Soros' golden boy, Barack Hussein Obama. We know... Now, 100% sure who the puppet master is, okay? More stupid news about Democrats. Democrat lawmakers are pushing the VA. Get this. This makes me sick and it makes my blood boil. Democrat lawmakers are pushing the VA to strip benefits, any benefits from veterans who attended the January 6th uh, at the Capitol building. If you were in, in, in D.C. on January 6th, for the Capitol building event, okay, even if you didn't go in, which many people didn't, the Democrats are pushing, the Democrat lawmakers are pushing the VA to strip your benefits. Didn't doesn't matter if you fought for this country or not. That doesn't that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you were at the in January 6th, if you were in DC, ladies and gentlemen, and you were a veteran, the Democrats are pushing to take care to 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 strip your benefits away from you. How disgusting is that okay i am going to work now on bringing in my guest fog city midge but while she's while she's waiting to come in i will uh i'll move on to the next story because that makes me sick and i don't even want to talk about that but just know that uh the whole thing is 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 ridiculous and to and to pull a veteran's benefits because they decided to go to washington dc on january 6th just lets you know how bad these Democrats really are. They don't even care about our veterans. They never have, and they never will. Never have, and they never, ever will. All right, while we're waiting for her to come on, two border Democrats, one in Arizona and one in Texas, have announced their retirement ahead of the 2022 election cycle. And the reason why they have announced their retirement is because of the issues that are going on at the border and the crisis that's going on at the border and how many people are reaching out to them. This is what's awesome about this audience and the audience that watches like Stephen K. Bannon's War Room show and stuff like that. Action item people. They get on these representatives. So two border um, Democrats. One, Representative, I don't even know if I could say this, Philemon Vela from Texas, a Democrat from Texas, and an Arizona Democrat, Representative Ann Kirkpatrick. Both of them, ladies and gentlemen, have said that they are not going to run in 2022, and they are retiring. So if you live in those areas, you know what to do. You know what to do if you live in those areas, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, it looks like we got uh, uh, Ma Maggie coming on. I want to make sure that she can hear me. Uh, Maggie, are you there? I'm here. Hi. Hi. Can you click on your camera so that I can see you? So that all these people can... Oh, there we go. There Hi. you go. All right. Let's see if... Oh, you look... Oh, it's perfect. You look great. All right. Yeah, it looks okay. Yeah, you look good. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This is... Well, 
Some of you know her as Fog City Midge. Some of you know her as Maggie... Do I say it? Vandenberg? Is that how you say it? Yes, you got it right. Maggie Vandenberg. Maggie it Vandenberg. It looks harder than it is. It looks Maggie. harder than it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring her on right now. Uh, say hello to Maggie Vandenberg or Fog City Midge. Um, she's been a friend of mine for a long time. I actually seen her down in CPAC, uh, but we didn't get a chance to talk because we were so busy down there. Uh, I wanted to see and talk to so many people that I didn't get a chance to. But uh, Maggie, what was your experience of CPAC this year? What would you think of it? What what'd you take away from it? I mean, personally, I, I actually, I don't think I would have gone to CPAC this year. I, I was not planning on going. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, it's CPAC is not as fun if it's not an election year, mm. but because of everything that's going on and because they had moved it from DC down to Orlando and because I recently relocated to Florida, I thought, you know, this is sort of a place where I think whatever's going to happen next is probably going to start here with these people. So I wanted to be there and, you know, see for myself and sort of cover the event, mm. but you know, I was so disheartened after what happened, uh, you know, with the stolen election and what happened on the 6th and, you know, just sort of seeing so many weak Republicans throw Trump under the bus. You know, I was sort of like, I'm so disheartened. I don't really even want to go. But because of the reasons that I already explained, you know, I, I kind of had to be there. So, you know, it was a busy CPAC for a non-election year. And I think there was a lot of sort of excitement despite this sort of, um, you know, the loss, mm. but, uh, you know, I don't even call it a loss, the stolen election. Yeah, there you go. Real. There you go. Um, so yeah, I mean the, that, and that's really, I think why I'm upset. A lot of other people are very upset. Oh, oh lost your, lost your feed. There you go. Sorry. I got to put this on, um, do not disturb because that's the problem. Like people call me and then I get cut off. So, um, but yeah, so I think a lot of people were really upset after what happened and to see, you know, especially what happened on the 6th. So many Republicans use that as an opportunity and an excuse to throw Trump under the bus Yeah, uh, and to not stand up. And they, they certified a fraudulent election at the end of the day. So, you know, it's sort of like, why would we continue to support these weak, spineless Republicans? You know, we went out there, we put everything on the line to fight for Trump and to fight for our country and turned out in unprecedented numbers. I mean, that's why they had to that's why they had to stop the counting in the middle of the night so they could make up the difference because yeah. Trump was ahead by, you know, such a landslide. And, you know, it's it's just so shameful to see what's happening in our country. So, yep. but I mean, I was surprised by the um, the excitement and the enthusiasm down at CPAC. I think a lot of people are trying to look ahead and see what can be done. Well, so, I don't know if that was your impression. But well, I'll tell you what. Experience. I'll tell you what. Before we get to the, the real reason why we brought you on, I, I, I will tell you what I thought of CPAC. It was my first time there. Um, I've, I've never had the pleasure of going to CPAC. I, obviously, I was there as media, and I was working uh, a lot with um, Ben Berkwam, uh, Real, Real America's Voice News, and, and many others, and got a lot love of great... Ben. Yeah, love Ben. Got a lot of great interviews, spent time with Jenna Ellis and John Fredericks, and you know people from the Epic Times, and people from Right Side Broadcasting, and that was the, that was the greatest part of CPAC. The part that I didn't like, and, I, and I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm right out with it. The part that I didn't like was... I didn't realize how many elitists there were in the Republican Party. How many, mm -hmm. how many, I'm better than you, who are you, I'm not talking to you, holier than thou, um, elitist Republicans. And I, that was the only part I didn't, didn't really like so much. But I, I, I did uh, go away from there with positive, you know, feedback and great interviews. And I, and I met a lot of great people and it, and it's only going to further lie from America. So you know, I'm very happy with with the outcome of it. I just didn't realize how many. Uh, but you know, you're always probably going to get that with that kind of event. You're always going to get those elitists in every market and every genre of everything that that you don't like. Well, but you know, so that's that's my only gripe. Yeah, and I think there's always kind of been that vibe at CPAC, to be honest. And that's why you know Trump really shook things up because the establishment Republicans. The, you know, the uh, old guard, the gatekeepers, so to speak, um, you know, they liked things the way they were. You know, the Republican Party was completely reimagined and, uh, you know, reinvigorated because of Donald Trump, getting things back to common sense policies that Americans on both the left and right have been wanting to see 
our politicians get done for years and years. And Trump brought all of these people who had just been sort of tuned out from politics into the party. So, you know, the MAGA movement is very different than sort of the, the old conservative, Republican, you know, GOP people of the past. So, you know, it's funny because those people still, they do always go to CPAC. So it's funny because I feel like half the people at CPAC are kind of that, that old, old people, mm. right? The people from pre-Trump who mm. still don't really like his style. They don't like the tweets. They don't like, um, you know, the, they, they want to go back to kind of the way things were. And those are yeah. the same people that threw Trump under the bus. And then you've also got all these new people, a lot of young people, a lot of positive energy, a lot of punchy Republicans, people like yourself, people like myself, who are just sick to death of the swamp and what we see, uh, you know, the direction we've been watching our country go in for so many years. And with Donald Trump coming in, there was all this excitement and enthusiasm to get our country back on track. Yeah. And so all of these people who felt like, you know, I can't relate to these politicians, they see someone like Donald Trump, who is a businessman, who is, is kind of just like, he's also, it's funny, for a billionaire, he's very he's very relatable. You know, it's like, he's got, he, he gets to the toys. He's got, you know, big families, you know, been divorced. He's got the kids, but he's got like, he's like a real American. And I think a lot of people can relate to him and he's kind of, you know, this tough New Yorker and he, you know, he speaks his mind and he's not always politically correct. And I think people really loved seeing that in Donald Trump and felt like, well, that gives me permission then to be a conservative as well and to become part yeah. of this party. Well, it's so, definitely it's definitely yeah. a new party. It's definitely a new party now and we're not mm -hmm. letting it go. You're going to have to pry it from our dead cold lifeless fingers. Okay. So, why I brought you on today was the fence is starting to come down in our nation's capital. What are we day 75 of military occupation in our, on our on our soil in the US Capitol? We can't go into our Capitol building. We can't go see our representatives. They're starting to pull down some of the fence. But before they were starting to pull down some of the fence, you were on the war room with Stephen K. Bannon, and you went out and you did a, a small documentary. You put a short film together of what your experience was, what your view was of this military occupation and this wall, apparently, that walls don't work, but they work there. Um, but it seems like the pressure that you put on, the pressure that, you know, Bannon and, and others who were down there. And uh, I got other friends who were down there who were constantly um, recording things, constantly reporting on what's going on down there. It seems like that pressure is finally starting to work. Can you kind of elaborate on what you did, what you've seen, and what you're starting to see now? And is it just optics or are they really taking down the fence? Yeah, so it's funny. So I was seeing a couple pictures here and there of what was going on in DC, but I felt like I wasn't really getting the full picture and no one in the media was really covering this other than war room, which every single day they were giving updates, you know, it's day 60 of the occupation here in DC, you know, and sort of talking about it. And then Raheem would show a little bit of it sort of in his post, but there really wasn't like a proper expose about what was happening at our Capitol. So I went to DC with the intention to make this video and I mean, I was so surprised. I had no idea. I thought it was just a fence kind of around the Capitol, protecting the Capitol itself, but it's not. It's actually um, extended. It's actually three miles of fencing around not just the Capitol, but the buildings surrounding the Capitol, and you cannot get anywhere close. Uh, it's And they have got the razor wire up. There's actually a second layer of fencing, so there's sort of the first and second layer. You have to go through a security checkpoint um, to just to be able to enter any of the Capitol grounds. Wow. And it's just disturbing. It doesn't look like America. And it's funny because when I, I actually drove around the entire perimeter and took a video, and I mean, it took like, takes about half an hour with all the road closures and everything to get around the entire thing. So even the video that I cut together was a very abbreviated version of all of the Capitol fencing. It's actually shocking when you really take it in. And so when, as I was going around the Capitol um, on foot, I, I saw some people who were out there either protesting or praying or just sort of neighbors who live near there. And I asked people their impressions. And, you know, it was really poignant to speak to, you know, regular average Americans and to get their thoughts on, on you know, what statement is this, you know, occupied 
territory of our capital, this fencing, this military presence? What what kind of message is this sending, you know, to the people of our country? And also, what does this say about the people who make the decision to have this fencing up? And, you know, their responses were really poignant. And so I cut together this little short film and we played it on War Room. And, you know, if, if your audience wants to check it out, tell them to check it out. It's on my YouTube page. It's on my Rumble. Guys, please go follow me on Rumble. It's so sad. I'm trying to get some movement there. And I've got, like, I don't know, I think, you know, like 300 or 400 followers. Yeah, you know what? Rumble, Rumble's a hard one. but but uh... It's hard. But we got to get over there. I'm trying to get off of, the, like, the big tech. But it's so hard because you get the eyeballs. Well, so guys, follow, follow me there, too. And it's all Fog City Midge, right? Fog City Midge. Yes, F-O-G City M-I-D-G-E. Fog City Midge, right? Exactly. So Fog City Midge on Rumble. Check out that video. Please follow me. Um, actually, I do think I have 1,700 subscribers now, so I don't want to miss. But, um, but the, the videos, they get like 100 views. It's so sad. Um, but yes, so if people check that out, it's actually very powerful little short film. So we played it on War Room. And this, I have to say, this just speaks to the power of the War Room audience, because when you drop something on War Room, it ends up becoming like a big thing. And all of a sudden, the pressure starts getting put on these politicians. The phone calls start coming in to people. Um, the media picks up on it because uh, the entire media watches that show. People both on the left and the right. And it's so funny how many things will break on that show that will then slip into um, getting covered on CNN or MSNBC or in the Washington Post because they know that if it gets brought up on War Room, they do have to address it. And obviously, they'll try to spin it to, you know, push their narrative, but it does get picked up. So it's it's really remarkable um, just how big that show has become. I believe it's like the number one political podcast in the world at this point. So it's really um, an amazing audience that Steve Bannon's been able to build up. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be like a contributor on the show. So it was really cool to play that video and just to see sort of that kick off this, this sort of pressure campaign, um, you know, and then just Steve's repeatedly talking about it, Raheem covering it and bringing it up. And, um, you know, he has his site called the National Pulse. So they've been writing it up every single day. So I think it's sort of this confluence of coverage that no one else is really talking about but um you know all of a sudden within even a few days they started taking down parts of the fence now i don't know whether they're just doing it to get the positive feedback oh it's coming down but they are if they are making it a smaller footprint right so it's getting brought in you know if it was across the street now it's on the other side of the street now it's shrinking it's getting pushed back sort of uh you know st street by street now, I don't think they're gonna. They have plans to bring down the whole thing because they could take it all down in probably a day and a half, two days, if they wanted to. But they're sort of just slowly shrinking it, and I don't know if that's for to sort of, um, you know, give better, more positive optics that this is moving in the right direction and coming down, or um, whether they just kind of want to kick the media um, back so that they get off their backs. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's bizarre. It's strange to see what's happening at our Capitol. And, you know, I, it's awesome to see the conservative audience calling out the hypocrisy that, you know, Nancy Pelosi and these congressmen and women and these Democrats can have a fence and security and military presence to protect themselves, but that they cannot secure our southern border. And right now, the, what is happening at our southern border is a true crisis. And it, it isn't just a crisis for the people coming over. It's a crisis for them as well, because we've got people being trafficked. We've got children being smuggled. We've got drugs. We've got terrorists coming across our southern border. We've got people um, from, from uh, you know, the Middle East who are coming in through Mexico well, who are paying these cartels and, and to let bring me, them in. And let me tell you this, too. It's not just a, it's not a crisis. I've been saying this on my show for the last four or five days. It's a crime. The Biden yeah. administration, and I call, I don't say presidency, I say residency. Drop the P like mm -hmm. Jen Psaki, right? The Biden residency is committing crimes every single day by not only enticing these people to come across our border illegally, every single person mm -hmm. that comes across illegally is a felony. That's a felony. Okay, so not only are they enticing that, but they're also complicit in drug trafficking, human trafficking, rapes, uh, um, cartels uh, just be becoming huge again. Like they're complicit in all of this. And I want to see attorney generals actually 
bring these bring the Biden residency up on charges. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to bring drag President Trump's name through the mud and try to impeach him on words he didn't say, then let's actually bring charges up on a on a, a resident who actually is saying words and is enticing these people to come, literally told them to come, and now this is all happening. That's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? There's yeah. I think it's way bigger than a crisis. I think it's a crime. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, you're correct, and it's funny. I called it. I call it the Biden regime. Yeah. Because to me, it's um, you know, it wasn't an election. It was a. It was stolen, right? It was a coup. So we've got the Biden Harris regime, and you know, I'll sort of. I I I do believe that this is all intentional. They're pretending. They're playing dumb. Like we didn't know that this was going to happen. Of course, they knew it was going to happen. Yeah. They were sending out the message. They were sending out these clear signals to come here. That we're that you know we're going to bring back catch and release. That the people who show up, they're going to be released into our country, and they know that they can get all kinds of benefits when they show up here, and that it's basically going to be a free-for-all with the eventual goal of giving people amnesty and citizenship. So why wouldn't you come here? There are people all across the world waiting in line to come in uh, as legal immigrants into the United States, but if you can just show up at the southern border, why why would you do it the legal way, which costs a lot of money? Yeah. Um, so it's it's absolutely outrageous, and it's obviously intentional. And I mean, and it's terrifying, too, just because long term, this isn't a sustainable option for the United States. Our country is no longer going to remain America when you have so many people who come in who don't speak the language, who, um, you know, don't have the education to be active members in our economy. And when so many of our jobs are now also being sent overseas, back to Mexico, out, out to China. You know, our manufacturing is going overseas again. So it's just, it's like a confluence of so many bad things. As well as, you know, we're in this scandemic, pandemic, you know, situation. So if people are coming over who are sick or who aren't tested or, you know, who who we don't know, they could have a, ver- a variety of diseases, not just, you know, COVID or whatever. So it's like, I just can't believe that the Biden administration can sit there and pretend like this isn't happening uh, when, you know, if Trump did anything even remotely similar to this, they would be attacking him nonstop. Oh, yeah. So it's completely sick and it's infuriating. And I feel like nothing that's happening in our country right now is legitimate. You know, first of all, like we had an election stolen from us. So every single thing that they're doing is illegitimate. Right. So that, like, we already broke the law. One. We got away with it once. Give them an inch. They take a mile. Got away with it once. And, and here they go. I do have to ask you, though. I have a lot of people asking me. Number one, how does the military treat you when you're down there taking video? Or do they or do they talk to you at all? And number two, and you may not be able to answer this because it's, it's a hard question to answer. Uh, everybody's asking that they keep hearing that they their weapons that the, the military have down there are not loaded. And some people are okay. hearing that yeah. they are loaded. Yeah. So do you have an okay. answer so, for either so, one of these? So, so let me tell you. So when I was walking around taking video, they actually, most of them didn't really care. If anything, some of them would kind of like shrug, like maybe give me a nod in a way they won't speak to me as a member of the media while they're, you know, in uniform, I believe they're not allowed to, but yeah, they were very, they were okay with me filming them. I mean, I walked around, nobody questioned me, nobody bothered me. Um, you know, and the people who were out there protesting, exercising their First Amendment rights, um, you know, they were completely respectful that they were out there and doing their thing. Now, what's interesting is I was in, I was sort of in like the park across from the Capitol fencing area. Um, if you watch the video, it's at the end of the video. And every single person that walked by said, hey, can I interview you? I'm doing an interview about the fence, sort of what's your impression of the military presence here? And, you know, a lot of people don't want to be on camera or they're camera shy or they work, uh, you know, in the area or for the government and they can't. They, they're like, I'm, I don't want to be on camera. But it's funny because one guy that I talked to, he said, I can't be on camera. He said, I'm actually deployed here. He's like, I'm, I'm off duty at the moment. You know, I'm in my civilian clothes getting lunch. And I said, hey, what real quick question, you know, off the record. I said, is it true that you guys don't have any ammo in your guns? I was, and he said, yeah, that's true. He said, we don't have any ammo. None of us. He wow. said, all of our, all of our uh, guns, they're empty. And I said, that's so bizarre. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, is that normal? And he was kind of like. So you're telling me. He, he, he said, we don't really know why we're here. So so you're so, telling me that the, 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 the military uh, 
gentleman said himself, A, we don't know why we're here. B, that none of our guns are loaded. However, Nancy Pelosi, Fort Pelosi, Stretchface Armstrong herself, has the military down there because there's a high threat level of white supremacists, white nationalists, reality denialist terrorists, and three percenters and proud boys ready to attack them at any moment. But yet they don't have any ammo in their guns. Isn't that a little bit, doesn't that not work? <laughs> I mean, to me, I can't fully make sense of it, but if I had to guess, I would speculate that this is because it's about optics, right? Yes. I feel like so much what is happening right now in our country is a movie. You know, this mm. is a staged Hollywood production. Amen. What happened on the 6th. So you've got these you know, instigators, agitators, you've got the people who are giving the media the optics that they want. And so what's happening around our capital right now is a staged event. It is about optics. I don't know if they am, they don't have ammo because they don't feel it necessary. I don't know if they don't have ammo because they're afraid of the military turning on them. I don't know if they don't have ammo because, um, you know, it's against the rules in D.C. I actually don't know the decision behind that. I don't know. Maybe it's a common protocol that when the military is deployed in these situations. They don't. I actually just don't know, but I do find it very odd because if there was an active threat, you would think that people would need um, the firepower to be able to stop yeah. the threat from coming in. So it's it's bizarre. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just another added layer to the confusion. But the fact of the matter is, is that the reports have been sealed. Basically, like. Reports were done that confirmed that there really is no threat, but Pelosi hasn't come out and sort of explicitly said, well, what intel do you have that's sort of justifying the presence of of the military here? And, and this level of fencing and razor wire, why? Show us the justification. Show us the, the intel that is coming out that is saying, like, yes, we have these reports or, you know, we found these groups forming, uh, you know, militia groups online or whatever. There's nothing of the sort that exists. So, you know, it's it's... It seems like the whole thing is just optics driven at this point, because what other reason would we have to have these people out there? Well, you're, you're right. And and like Bannon says, show us the receipts. If this is real, yeah. if this is true, if this threat is real, show us why it's real. Don't just continue with these optics. Now, we did have somebody in the in the chat say, why would you tell the public this so they can be attacked, talking about the military? It's not about that, Diane. It's about the fact that we are being occupied by our own military. Our own military is somehow turned against us and making us to fear the elitists that are running our house that we pay for with the salaries that we pay them to, to do this. So yeah, it's a, it's and a, it's also a, clarify for your for your viewer. It's not about I I don't think even if like there were to be an uprising, it's not about people attacking our military. It's about people, you know, the the presumed threat would be to the people in our government who have, you know, usurped the the elected government and basically installed a fraudulent regime. That's what, you know, they're afraid of of, of an uprising from we the people. Um, you know, I think I think that's like the real fear. And it's also bizarre to me, though, because they've got to have some ammo. Like, I don't know. Like, why would they? I have to imagine they've got to have some firepower somewhere. Just none of their guns are loaded. Right. So it's it's just very strange. And it's not this is not a big secret either. A lot of people have been saying the same thing. And a lot of people in D.C., like if you ask anyone, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we know that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of reports about it as well. I'm not saying anything that is. um not known, you know, if you look into it. So, um, yeah, it's, this is not, this is not a huge secret, but it's also not something that, um, I think the general public is widely aware of. Right. So, uh, again, folks, you can, you can check out her, her, a little short or documentary, how whatever you want to call her video, um, about, you know, walking around and, and seeing what, what this fence looks like. I believe it's, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Maggie, but I think it's like three miles of double fence. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and again, you guys can check her out on Instagram, Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. Really at Fog City Midge. Um, uh, Mags, what's what are you doing next? What is your next project going to be um, in DC or anywhere? What, what what are you doing next? You know, I was hoping to make it down to the border, um, and then of course they're like 
shutting the, the media out of everything. Um, and it's just so dangerous. So mm. I, I don't know. I might be going down to the border. Currently, right now, I'm in West Palm Beach. And I'm just trying to keep up on exposing, you know, the Biden regime and everything that they're doing. It's almost like the news is moving so quickly um, with just all of the the obnoxious bills and measures and everything that they're trying to push through. Um, it's it's so difficult to keep keep up with honestly um i wish i had like 10 of me but it's crazy yeah. and, and you know the mainstream media is not covering any of this stuff so if people want to follow me on i post uh, hourly updates on my instagram stories um and i post daily videos there they can, i'm on telegram too and then i post my own content videos on youtube facebook and rumble so yeah it's just busy trying to keep up and keep pushing the truth out there um, but yeah, I'm hoping to make it to the border and to show people really what's going on because the mainstream media is not going to cover it. Well, let me just tell you, and I don't know if this is the place to, uh, to break the news to you and to invite you and we can have a conversation off air, but, uh, live from America is actually growing a lot bigger, quicker. Um, we are going to be on Roku, Fire Stick, um, uh, Pluto, Apple TV, all of that very soon. I'm in the I'm in the process of 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 growing the show to to those platforms now, and I would love to have you on as much as I possibly could, even even with your own show, because I'm building a small network of my uh, of my own, and Ben's going to be involved in helping me do that. Will Johnson and mm-hmm. others who've been here from the beginning, and uh, you know we've we've stuck it out, and so I'm I'm growing a lot bigger. And uh, I would love to have you on regularly as a contributor or even your own slot because it's going to be a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, uh, exposing what's going on in this regime and uh, getting people to understand the Constitution, letting people understand, you know, trying to uh, basically you know, teach people how, how to take the power back in their, own, in their own municipalities, their own localities, and their own states because states have more power than the federal government. And, uh, and yeah, we wrapped, I don't know if you saw it down at CPAC, but we wrapped a massive bus, the Save America Freedom Tour bus, uh, and we're actually going to be taking that bus state to state and we're taking it to the border as well. So maybe if you don't get to the border by the time we go, maybe you can jump on that bus with me and Ben and go down there. And uh, I know that they're trying to, I know Real America's Voice and others are trying to get as many uh, people as they can who are influencers and who do shows like you and me uh, to, to get down to the border all together. So I'll keep you, I'm sure you I'm sure you run in the same circles as I do, but uh, I'll keep you informed. And um, if there's anything yes, else, please, please do. You know, yeah. I, I think the more people to get down there, one, there's safety in numbers, but two, we just need more people down there exposing what's happening. Um, and I love Ben. I've been working with Ben for a couple of years. He's great. So yeah, anything you guys do, let me know. And I'd love to be down there. All right. Well, if there's any last thing that you would like to say, we got about 2,500 people watching on YouTube right now. And then, of course, there's people on the podcast and on the website as well. Anything that you would like to say, now is your time. Well, guys, just um, thank you for watching and just thank you, everyone, for their support. And if you're watching on YouTube, guys, please also follow me on YouTube at Fog City Midge. Um, You know, whenever I put out content, it helps just to get more eyeballs on there because... Yeah, I mean, when I have a monetized video, it helps to have the eyeballs. So um, <laughs> when they're not trying to demonetize and crush me, it's nice to have, like, you know, to reach some people. So it's good. Yeah, well, um, we, we got to stick together. Thank you for the platform. You're it's, very um, welcome. You know, we, all, we all just keep fighting back. Like, it's just, it's nonstop. And these people, these tyrants in charge, they want to do everything they can to crush people like myself, like you. Who are trying to get the truth out there um and you know they try to do everything they can from the shadow banning to the demonetization and you know it can be um you know it can be really like frustrating sometimes but we just have to stick with it and all the more just keep pushing to get the truth out there no matter no matter how much they try to crush us I agree. Well, Mags, thank you very much, as always. It's great talking to you. you. Good to see you, too. And uh, I'll talk to you more uh, off air. So thank you. God bless you. And um, be safe out there, okay? Sounds good. God bless. All right. See you later. All right, you guys, that was Fog City Midge, uh, as again, uh, Maggie Vandenberg, and um, she's, a, she's been a great friend of mine for a long time, and, uh, you know, make sure you follow her, and again, maybe, uh, maybe her and, and, and me and Steve Bannon and everybody will team up here uh, soon. We got a lot of things in the work. I do want to tell you quickly, before we move to 
one last story. I had about four stories, but the interview lasted a little longer. Um, the Roku and the Fire Stick move that I'm about to make. I had a long discussion with the uh, the company that's facilitating the live video and everything. And I'll still be here on YouTube and I'll be on Rumble and everywhere else as well. But I had a long talk with them today and they are not in the business of censorship at all. They said that they, they hate what's going on in the world with censorship, that their entire... Uh, their entire focus is to give people a platform for them to create their own content because the world needs a diverse amount of information and a diverse amount of point, uh, diverse uh, point of views. And uh, I had a long talk with them today to make sure that the money that Live from America is going to be shelling out to them to facilitate this uh, growth um, isn't going to go to waste, and uh, they're not going to censorship. They want this show to grow. They've seen it. It will be accepted on all these platforms, and it will never, ever, ever be taken off. So if you're watching on YouTube, that's great. If you watch on Rumble, that's great. But you'll now be able to watch on Roku and uh, Fire Stick as well, and then Pluto and Dish after that. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we are growing. And even though Fire Stick is Amazon... The company that I'm going through does not use AWS, and they said once you're on there, it's not like social media where they have algorithms that try to kick you off and catch keywords. Once you're on there, you're on there, and uh, and uh, they've we we've got a good we've got a good agreement going on. And uh, hey, the more places we are, the better. And I can't wait to do that. Um, I want to give one more shout out, and I want to show one more video. Project Veritas wins their first stage of their lawsuit with the New York Times, the failing, lying New York Times. And uh, then, after that, James O'Keefe, who I got the pleasure of interviewing down at CPAC, actually went to Mar-a-Lago today and had a nice little video with President Donald J. Trump. So I'd like to play that video for you right now. Congratulate Project Veritas on their big win on the New York Times. Now the suit will continue. And whatever you can do for their legal defense fund, we're with them all the way. They do incredible work. They find things that nobody would even believe possible. So James, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Again, guys, just like me and Right Side Broadcasting and many others, we're all viewer-funded. I will never, ever sell out to corporations. I will always be for you, about you, because I am one of you. And I can't wait for this show to grow even bigger. There's like 80 million people between Roku and Fire Stick for us to go out there. And word of mouth is going to be huge. So spread the show to all your fans, our friends, family members, church members, everybody. Let's grow this show. And it's all done by word of mouth and sharing uh that's the end of the show today guys that's the end thank you for watching live from america we'll be back at 11 o'clock tomorrow we have great interviews coming up with patriotfoods.com patriot foods that great business we have an interview with them on friday and we're trying to get pastor james coates from canada who was just released from jail uh, for having worship services and of course we're getting trying to get senator doug mastriano jenna ellis and many many more remember there are right ways there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high, because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I will see you tomorrow at 11 a.m. for more Live from America with your favorite host, Jeremy Harrell, the Hip Hop Patriot. All right? Okay, guys. God bless you. Have a great night with your families, and I will see you tomorrow.